You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, bringing you fun and soulful interviews with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up with your host, George Lizos. Lightworker, welcome to another episode of the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, I am excited to tell you that my second book, Lightworkers Gotta Work, the ultimate guide to following your purpose and creating change in the world, it's coming out on August 19th, and it's now available to pre-order globally on Amazon. If you're feeling the call to help make the world a better place, 
but you don't know where to start finding and following your life purpose, I wrote this book for you. It is packed with processes, rituals, and meditations to help you turn on your light and get it to work so that together we create a better world. If you pre-order the book before August 2nd, you'll also get a two-hour live masterclass with me entitled Life Purpose Bootcamp, during which you'll get to find and define your life purpose in a specific two-paragraph definition. The masterclass is worth £197, but you'll get it entirely for free when you pre-order the book. And you can visit georgelizos.com forward slash lightwork to get all the details. In today's episode of the podcast, we're talking all about self-care practices and specifically ancient self-care practices. So if you've been following me on Instagram for a while, you'd have seen that in early March, I went to Greece for a temple hopping trip. I basically got to visit over 15 ancient temples of the Greek gods and goddesses, meditating and just channeling the energies at each place. And something that pleasantly surprised me while walking through the ancient cities was how deeply embedded self-care practices were into the fabric of everyday life. Now, let's take the honoring of the moon's phases as an example. So if you're like most people on the spiritual path, you probably have some kind of a ritual practice that you do during the new and full moon phases. Well, the ancient Greeks did rituals to the moon on an almost daily basis. Each day was dedicated to a different god or goddess and came with a series of rituals and self-care practices. This is just one example of how crucial self-care was in daily life. And it's quite the contrast to the way we perceive self-care practices presently. Indoctrinated by patriarchy, we came to see self-care as something secondary or unimportant, a novelty that we practice if we have time and when we don't have something more productive to do. In my opinion, and something I discuss in depth in my upcoming book Lightworkers Gotta Work, rest and self-care are equally productive to taking action. To help us understand this better, I invited Emma Lowy, the author of The Spirit Almanac, to come onto the podcast and introduce us to ancient self-care practices that we can all implement in our modern-day spiritual practice. So specifically in this interview, Emma shares the history of self-care, why self-care is so important for us and for our health and well-being, simple practices to prioritizing self-care in our fast-moving world, and some of the practical ancient self-care practices that we can start implementing right now. As soon as you're done listening, come on and join the Your Spiritual Toolkit Facebook group and let me know which of these practices was your favorite one. Without further ado, enjoy this episode with Emma Lowy. Emma is a New York City-based writer and editor. She is the sustainability editor at Mind Body Green and the author of The Spirit Almanac, a guide to self-care rituals divided by the seasons. She graduated from Duke University with a degree in environmental science and is fascinated by how people interact with nature. She loves being outside, taking photos, and finding creative ways to write about sustainability and spirituality. 
Emma, welcome to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I am so excited to chat about your book because it deals with such an interesting topic, self-care, but you approach it from a historical perspective of how old, uh, like, like ancient societies have studied self-care and you've associated it with seasons. And I gotta tell you, I've just come back from a seven day trip in Greece where I did what I call temple hopping. <laughs> I, I, I like toured different ancient temples and I observed how the ancient cities were built. And what I found out was that self-care was built into the structure and the lifestyle of the cities. Every single ancient city had their baths where they would go and take care of themselves. The spirituality was so embedded into the structure of the city. They all, all the cities had uh, multiple temples to various gods and goddesses. Every single house in the center of the house had an altar to Hestia, goddess Hestia, or the Roman Vesta, which is all about uh, coming together as a family and just centering before you start your day. So it's amazing how ancient self-care really is. So before we dive into the whole topic, what was your um, intention with writing this book? What is your background, first of all? How was your spiritual journey to finding out, finding out about ancient spiritual care and what was your intention with writing the spirit almanac yeah so first of all i love that story and think it's so interesting you know what you're saying about how it really was kind of embedded in culture back then in a different way than it is today and i think it's interesting to consider too kind of the reason that people needed self-care back then was very different than the reasons you know we kind of turned for it today with you know, all the influx of technology and, you know, all the different kind of things vying for our attention these days. Um, but anyway, so Spirit Almanac uh, was something that I worked on. Uh, it was published in 2018. Um, so leading up to that point, I, as you mentioned, was a, am still the sustainability editor at Mind Body Green, which is for people who aren't familiar, it's a health and wellness website based in New York. Um, and it takes a very holistic kind of zoomed out view on self-care. So or I'm sorry, on wellness. Um, so we kind of focus on, you know, your traditional, uh, you know, fitness and eating healthy and all that good stuff. But we also talk a lot about, you know, helping out the planet and how we can't really be healthy if the planet is sick. So that's kind of what most of my coverage deals with. Um, and as you know, I've been working with MEG for about five years now. And as that time has gone along, I've really started to notice these crossovers between sustainability and spirituality. And just the idea that, you know, when people start to act in a way that really, um, you know, helps them kind of build their spiritual, uh, you know, reservoir, so to speak, and kind of, you know, they look within, they tend to connect with nature more. And I thought that was really interesting, just this idea that spirituality can kind of be a gateway to living more sustainably. Uh, so that was one kind of seed that planted the idea for this book. Um, and I think another thing that really inspired me was just meeting all of the incredible um, kind of leaders and thought leaders who we interview at Mind Body Green and learning about kind of their self-care practices and how they really turn to them as, you know, a source of strength and power. Um, and it was just super interesting to learn about, you know, all the different ways that people practice self-care in their personal lives, because it is so different for everyone. Um, so I was inspired to kind of put together a resource with my dear friend and co-author, Lindsay Kellner, uh, just to kind of share some of the ways that people practice self-care today and kind of find some of the roots of some of the self-care practices that have become popular in the wellness world. So 
It's a very fun journey. Um, and like you mentioned, we split it up by the seasons, just keeping up with this idea that I think that to really look within, you kind of have to look outside and you know start to connect with the rhythms of the earth and just build them into your routine, even though it's not super intuitive in today's day and age. That's I'm like sitting here in an apartment building in the middle of Manhattan. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the inspiration of this, the whole project. Well, first of all, let me say, I love Mind, Body, Green and I know many of my listeners do. I'm like an avid reader of, uh, of the blogs and all the information that comes hey. out there. And I know one of my friends was also featured there, Emma Milton. And there was oh, I love Emma. I love Emma as well. She wrote the foreword for my book and I was so grateful. I love it. She's in our book too. She does a little crystal ritual. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing what you mentioned, how um, connecting to the earth and nature is so interconnected with self-care and coming from my own perspective. I also used to work for a spiritual company. I worked for Hay House in the UK oh, okay. for three years while at the same time building my spiritual business part-time. And I reached a point where I was so exhausted, so overwhelmed because I was working a nine-to-five job and working on my business until midnight. Weekends were dedicated to my business. So I reached a point of where I was completely fatigued. I created, like I had eczema all over my skin. I gained 15, uh, 15 kilos and I started getting depressed. And it was only after reconnecting with nature that I just I literally went to a retreat like for seven days out in nature in a magical city called Glastonbury in the UK where I allowed myself to just be nurtured by the elementals in nature that I had the epiphany that was quit your job, move back to Cyprus and go self-employed. And here I am two years later like the eczema is gone. I've lost 15 pounds uh, and I couldn't feel happier. So it's, it really is interconnected self-care with nature. And as you say in your book, it goes way back. So I want to ask the question, what is the history of self-care? Yeah, so that's a, it's a tough question because I don't think there's really one, uh, one answer, but um, you know, I mean, people have always had different ways of taking care of themselves. And I think that, you know, back in the day, it was a lot more community focused, which is interesting. You know, like you mentioned, people would kind of gather at these communal baths and, um, you know, set up altars in their home and maybe approach them with their family members. Um, and I think it's become a lot more insular in today's day and age, which, I mean, it's not necessarily it doesn't have to be a bad thing, but I think it, it makes it a little trickier because it's really, you know, it's not as built into society as it used to be. Um, I think that, you know, the term self-care is also, it's a relatively recent, you know, advancement. And I think that, you know, a lot of times it gets a little bit commercialized and, you know, used to sell products. Um, but it, I don't think it has to be that way at all. And that was kind of our intention with the book was to really share some free or inexpensive and accessible tools that you can use just to check in with yourself, um, you know, in today's kind of crazy, crazy day and age. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It is definitely a new term. So, how would you define it? Like, let's like, get to the basics down before we go deeper. Yeah, so me personally, um, I would define it as self-care is uh, a way to look within or the practice of looking within in a world that kind of begs you to look elsewhere. Um, so I think it's just really checking in with yourself and you know, tuning out a lot of the noise that we're faced with and just kind of asking like, what do I really want and what do I really need at this moment? God, so important because we're so inundated with so much information coming from like so many different places and it's intensified over the the last uh, few decades. So I'm curious, why did we have this need to create the term self-care? Since it's such a new term, that means something changed that created the need to have that, a need that maybe did not exist in the ancient times or even like earlier than that. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I think it might, yeah, just have been a response to the fact that we kind of need to recognize this as a kind of tangible thing in order to really like incorporate it into society. Um, and I think that, you know, as we kind of got further away from those communal, you know, kind of uh, community-based self-care rituals, we needed to create them for ourselves and we needed kind of the language to share how we're doing that. That would be my guess, but it is a really interesting question. Yeah, that makes perfect sense given like all um, that's going on in the world, we, we got away from ourselves. So it, it becomes so essential to just create a term uh, mm -hmm. to help us reconnect. Um, now, how can we prioritize self-care in this fast-moving world that we live in? What are some practices that we can use to even to the busiest people that they can find some time to take care of themselves? Yeah, so another you know, interesting question, I think it, it can be really difficult, especially if you're someone who is a caretaker or, you know, you are so used to putting other people before yourselves, it's hard to kind of, you know, carve out that time. Um, one thing that I have found really helpful and we kind of touch on in the book, and I'm sure you've discussed at length on this podcast is, um, just the idea of like the natural cycles of the moon as kind of being like a timekeeper and a reminder. So like me personally, you know, I know I don't have the most rigorous, you know, on track, you know, sometimes I won't, you know, do the proper self-care for a while, but the, I always found that, um, recognizing like the new and full moon, that's kind of almost my reminder to be like, okay. I'm just going to check in. I'm going to see what's gone down these last two weeks and I'm going to kind of rejigger and see what I'm needing right now. Um, so it's almost like, you know, again, using nature as kind of a natural uh, timekeeper to remind you to come back to yourself. I think it's really beautiful and much easier to practice way of doing self-care. And that's not to say, you know, like the full moon was two days ago and I still have not done my full moon ritual, but just, uh, you know, just letting it be a reminder, you don't have to do it that day, but, you know, just using that, using that energy while it's still, while it's still going. And it's so easy because like we walk outside every single night, so we see the moon. So it's an easy reminder uh, to just check in the new moon and the full moon. And just coming back to my own like um, Greek uh, pagan tradition, I was, um, I was reading about the history of the ancient Greeks and what rituals they did for the new moon and the full moon, which are quite different from what we do now. Like right now, we usually associate them with 
uh, new moon intentions and manifestation. Mm -hmm. They did something similar, but not quite. So the new moon was in honor of, uh, was it Apollo? I think it's Apollo and Artemis. So it was the time of the, of the, of the month. First of all, it was the beginning of their month. So their months were according to the moon cycle. So new moon was called Numenia, and it was the beginning of the month. And then uh, the full moon was the middle of the month. So in the beginning of the month, the beginning of the new moon, basically, they would declutter their house, clear out mm -hmm. their stuff, uh, mm -hmm. go to, through the different altars in the house and just uh, replenish the, their offerings to the gods. And again, it's all part of self-care for the house, for themselves, and getting some time to check in. It's amazing how these, uh, these rituals have lasted over time. And of course, as, as, along with the moon cycles, in the book you talk about seasons. So what is the um, general idea, the rule of thumb, to direct ourselves through the seasons um, and combine self-love activities while doing so? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, the way I actually kind of like to think about it is I think about each season like a phase of the moon. So uh, I think winter would be the full moon. It's kind of, or I'm sorry, the new moon. It's kind of that time where we can look within, set goals, um, and it's just a very like inward facing time of the year. And then as we're entering spring right now, um, I think it is a waxing moon. So it's kind of, you know, time to build that momentum, start to, you know, get outside a bit more, start to manifest some more things and, uh, you know, put your kind of goals into action and start to lay the groundwork. Uh, summer is the full moon and it's really a time to, I think it's the most active time of the year. You know, you're, you're out there you're socializing, you're kind of bringing those, those dreams and those goals to life. And then fall would be the waning moon where we're kind of, you know, starting to gather those, the fruits of our labor, so to speak. It's harvest season um, and you're kind of, you know, preparing to go back inward for winter. So, you know, there are lots of different ways to approach the year. And obviously, you know, it's not going to be that uh, formulaic every year. But I think it's, it's interesting to, to think about that way just because it also kind of gives you a framework to you know, slow down a little bit in these colder months. I think that's, you know, what our bodies really innately want to do. And that's not always what society tells us to do. So I think it's a nice reminder. Yeah, and it's a great idea as well to like, uh, it's a great way basically to uh, realize that we are part of nature <laughs> because for so long they've told us that we've like, we control nature, that we dominate mm -hmm. on nature, but really we are part of it. Our bodies are so interconnected with the cycles of nature. So it's a great way to connect. Could you share with us some practical self-care tools that our listeners can use um, even today, actually, to just turn within and reconnect with their inner selves? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, there are so many and that's kind of the fun part about it is you can experiment and see which ones really work for you and you find easier to keep up with. And you know, it doesn't really necessarily feel like a chore. It's, it's something you're excited to do and you want to do at the end of every day. Um, so some of the ones we discuss in the book are, uh, you know, breathwork rituals. I think, you know, kind of finding a breath that's right for you is really can be really helpful, especially for uh, people who have trouble meditating. I found that it's like a really good gateway to that. Um, so, you know, that kind of gets at the idea too, that even like taking a few minutes to just like take some deep and controlled breaths can be self-care. And it it's really incredible, like how helpful that can be, you know, just taking a few minutes to just check in with yourself, slow down and be like, okay, I'm here. This is my body. This is me. Let's go. 
Um, so I think that's, you know, a super simple, good one. Um, of course, journaling, you know, I'm a writer, so I, I love journaling and that can take on a lot of different forms. You know, you can either reflect on the day. If you had a really frustrating day, it can be helpful to just get some of those worries and frustrations out on paper. Um, it can be great for, you know, around the full moon time, you know, planning and kind of dreaming and, you know, you can maybe visualize what you'd like to, you know, bring to life this next moon phase and then write that down. Um, I personally love to pull tarot cards. Um, you know, I, I find that. it, yeah, <laughs> especially you know during uh, like chaotic times or when you kind of feel like you're at a crossroads. It's just nice because it gives you like an external cue. You know, I'll pull a card and I'll be like, "Huh, that represents this." I really had not thought of that. Let me think that through. And it's kind of just a nice. I like to think of my tarot cards as like my like impartial friend who just like gives me some new ideas. Yeah, they're fun. Um, so that's great. Uh, I know I was just flipping through our uh, spring section of the book to get some ideas for the coming season. Um, and spring can be a really great time to refresh your altar, uh, especially with like if you bring in some sort of greenery from the outdoors. We talked about that and the idea that green is kind of a good color for um, fertility and like transformation and kind of setting, setting up those themes that we just discussed. I love that uh, you said that because I've just added some basil on my, oh, wow. on my altar right nice. behind me, like today. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, you're already ahead of the game. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's so many, you know, fun things that we can do and uh, it really is just about finding kind of your, your flavor ritual, so to speak. Oh my God, I love it. And it's just so easy to like take some time to come into our center, as you said, like, Breathing is just so simple and yet so powerful. Um, because sometimes in the spiritual community, I don't know about you, but we have all these complicated tools and processes, mantras and mudras and yoga and everything. And uh, many people feel just overwhelmed and they feel not good enough. And, and therefore, they just choose to uh, be idle and not do anything. Whereas it's just so easy uh, to just connect with our spirituality and ourselves just with a simple breath, for example. Oh my goodness, Emma, thank you so much for all the tools you've shared with us. Where can people get the book and get in touch with you? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Um, so the book is available, you know, wherever books are sold. It's on Amazon. Um, check indie, indie booksellers near, near you to see if they sell them. Uh, it's called The Spirit Almanac, and it's by myself and uh, Lindsay Kellner. And my, uh, my website is just my name, I'm a Loewe, L-O-E-W-E, and then my Instagram is E-M-M-L-O-E-W-E, and you can find my writing at my body Green. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. I'll post all the, uh, the, the links and the information in the show notes. Wishing you a lovely rest of your day. Great. Thanks, George. Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at George Lizos to grab your free Lightworker survival guide and catch the next live episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365 day returns.